Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the TAO Intentions Podcast. Our guest this evening is Eric Gognon. Welcome, Eric. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. I'm glad you finally came. Um, I really wanted to have you on this podcast to just kind of discuss a little bit about your family foundation, the Valerie's Flutter Foundation. I was very much curious about it, um, especially curious about the name. And I, I feel that based on some of the posts that I've seen just on your social media pages, that, you know, this this foundation was named in the memory of your sister. And so I really wanted to just kind of go into that conversation with you. So, Eric, I would just like you to give us your full name. I've already presented your full name, but unfortunately, I might have botched your name. And I really want the audience to kind of know who you are. So we're just going to go through a few questions where we get to learn more about who Eric is. So I'd like for you to start with your name. So my name is Eric Gano. A little bit about me. I am uh, born and raised in Ottawa, uh, but currently I live in Toronto, uh, where I work uh, as a corporate lawyer. And uh, in my free time, I like to play golf, go on hikes, spend time outdoors. Um, But more importantly, and the reason why I'm here today is is that uh, to talk about Valerie's Flutter Foundation. So I run that foundation in my spare time all right perfect thank you for the introduction i love how you know you entangled all the things that you love to do you're a corporate lawyer you're also the type of person that likes to golf i find golf pretty boring but i'm, I'm glad that you know you have <laughs> shown such enthusiastic or enthusiasm towards golfing really um so have you always lived in ottawa ontario canada um yes I pretty much spent my entire life there. Um, I went, you know, to uh, to middle school and went to university there as well. Uh, so I just recently uh, moved to Toronto. Okay, and are you liking Toronto? So far, I am. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot more life here. I would say there's always something to do, um, and it's it's very much in line with you know where I am in in life right now. Still, you know, young, <laughs> ambitious. Um, and you know a lot of energy so I think the city suits me well uh, in in that sense well you sound hungry that's what I like to hear (laughs) (laughs) so Canada is a great place to live being Canadian born have you seen all of Canada no I haven't and I think uh, it's very much like you know all the other Canadians that we haven't seen enough of Canada. Um, I think this pandemic really uh, showed us that we don't have to, you know, hop on a plane and go very, very far uh, in order to see some beautiful, you know, sceneries and, and, you know, visit somewhere nice and get to know a different culture. Uh, I think we can do that right here in our own backyard. Uh, This country is so, so large and and very different uh, from coast to coast. So I think uh, I want to you know, visit a lot more of Canada is definitely in the plans. Okay, great. I I don't know, this summer I, I noticed a lot of people going to BC, especially Victoria, BC or Victoria Island. So I've never been to Victoria, BC or Victoria Island, but it is on my bucket list, my Canadian bucket list, with, mm-hmm. which everyone should have a Canadian bucket list of all the places they want to visit. <laughs> what are some places you have 
or you would like yeah. to visit in Canada that you haven't been before? Yeah, I I've visited a little bit of the uh, of the east, the uh, sorry, the west coast of uh, of Canada. Haven't spent much time at all in in the middle of it, <laughs> I would say. Uh, but if if you're to ask me about you know where I would go tomorrow, um, it would definitely be out east, I think. Um, it's not not a place that's very uh, marketed as much, um, but it's, you know, I've seen more and more pictures, more and more people going there, and it's just, it just seems so, you know, lovely and a nice change of pace and, you know, something for everyone to do there. So I want to go um, to the east coast for sure and try some seafood. Yes, that's actually what I was thinking about too. Since I've already done a road trip to Kelowna, BC, I wanted to, you know, rent a car and just kind of drive out to the opposite end. I wanted to uh, drive through New Brunswick. I heard not to stay there. It's kind of boring, but I don't mind driving through there. But I really wanted to stop <laughs> in Prince Edward mm-hmm. Island. And I know this is going to sound yeah. corny, um, but I also want to visit Anna, Anna Green, Anna Green Gables which is something that was always playing on CBC, which is like a a Canadian show or Canadian programming. And I also wanted to stop uh, in Newfoundland. So Prince Edward Island is the the one I'm really excited about because I'm planning on pigging out on seafood. You you don't know, but I heard it's super beautiful there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just, that just sounds like such a good time, right? Like nothing can go wrong. Exactly. It just feels free. Great choice. I f- on a vacation. Exactly. And I feel yeah. like if I was to go out to Prince Edward Island, I'd maybe, you know, see a lot of older people. I don't know. Um, young yeah. people tend to want to go to Toronto yeah, or they want to go sure. to BC. But I, I don't know if, if I go out to Prince Edward Island that I would just be surrounded by a lot of old people. I'm not sure. Mm, most likely. <laughs> but hey, it'd be very relaxing, right? that is very true they're not gonna badger me plus older people have like the best conversations to have with you and they have so much knowledge to share so i really don't mind just going on vacation where i'm hanging out with some old people i don't mind uh the elderly sorry old people is a bit rude but elderly (laughs) (laughs) so living in ottawa what are your favorite activities to do other than golfing that brings you joy Mm, other than golfing um, <laughs> I, 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 anything outdoors really, like I like to discover new things to do. Like recently I started, uh, in the winter time cross country skiing, which is, um, which is a great workout. Um, it's, it's very different than your regular type of skiing. Um, and, and, you know, in the summer, you know, golf is up there, but, uh, you know, road biking is as well. There's a lot of great roads and the parkway in Ottawa, uh, and then there's a lot of bike trails as well. You can also venture off to, to Gatineau Park to do some biking, um, which I find really cool. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a nice little playground if you enjoy road biking. Yes, and that's one thing I love about going to Gatineau Park. It just feels like you're in a, a whole different place, a whole different city. You might even feel like you're in a different country. It's it's just uh, it's like an island on its own, and it's just it's just so unique. I don't know how else to explain it, but every time I drive through there, mm-hmm. especially the fall, yeah. I don't feel like I'm in Ottawa anymore. No, exactly, and it's just right right there. It's like a four or five minute drive from yes. downtown Ottawa, which is pretty special when you think about it yeah yes it is so your family has a charity foundation i'm not sure if you were involved in the process uh, of creation but 
based on your knowledge, what was the process slash procedures needed to create a charity? Yeah, so I actually wasn't uh, part of the creation, the initial creation of the foundation itself. Uh, that was all the work of my sister, Karehi. Um, she created the foundation um, essentially a couple months after she was diagnosed with a rare type of cancer. And she created it um, because she saw that there there's a need for it, that uh, you know there wasn't a lot of research being done into the type of cancer that she had. Um, so she wanted to do something about it. So she took the steps to, uh, to, to do all of the paperwork involved, uh, essentially creating this like corporation and then, and then applying for uh, charitable status, uh, which is you know what the government gives you, essentially like a stamp um, saying that you know you are a charity and you uh, you know you have all of the requirements to be uh, you know a legal charity in Canada, um, and you can operate you know as such. So she went through all of that um, in order to start the the foundation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so when was this charity organization founded? Yeah, so the foundation was. Uh, established in 2010 yeah so that's when my sister was diagnosed with uh, with cancer and she she wanted to to start it you know before she went start, started going through uh, treatments and whatnot yeah. okay um, I feel bad asking this question but how long did she live after she was diagnosed yeah so um, about a year so it was just shy of a year she um, Throughout her her battle, she you know she started the Benedict Flutter Foundation. She also uh, enrolled in some university classes as she was studying civil engineering at the University of Ottawa. Um, and she you know she wanted she had plans right. She wanted to keep going and uh, get through this thing and and try to make it and and try to live you know a normal life a normal you know, the the life that a, a twenty year old should live. Uh, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case. She uh, she lost her battle to cancer, and it's the type of cancer that affects uh, young individuals. It was actually the same type of cancer that Terry Fox had. Um, and and as we know, you know Terry Fox uh, lost his battle at, at a young age as well. Um, and my sister, you know, had the same had the same outcome, unfortunately. Um, so yes, she didn't she didn't necessarily get to see uh, the full potential of her of her foundation. But I think she knew that. I think she knew, you know, that was one of the reasons why she had created uh, the Flutter Foundation is because she wanted, you know, us to carry something on and and make it, you know, something have an impact in the future. Yes, and that is is incredibly sad. She sounds like she has an amazing spirit. She sounds like she really valued life. And, you know, just kind of hearing her her story, of, especially of how she started this and why she started it, I am incredibly moved. I I just want you to to repeat the what cancer it is specifically. Yes, yeah, so it, it's called sarcoma. sarcoma. Uh, it's essentially a rare type of bone cancer. And sarcomas tend to affect uh, young people. So people, you know, in their teens um, and and the elderly as well. So it kind of generally, not all the time, but generally skips, you know, everybody in between and affects those people, uh, those, who, you know, where there's a lot going on in, in, in the bones, you know, in, in your bones uh, themselves. Okay. Um, so it, not many people have heard the, the word sarcoma. Um, and I, I come across very few people who have heard it. Um, so it, it does take a, a lot of, you know, explaining and, and education to to our supporters and potential supporters 
Um, but I think that's the beauty of it, right? Is that people don't know uh, about it. And that's what my sister wanted. She wanted to, to raise awareness because, you know, she when she was diagnosed, she never heard of it uh, before. And then uh, she, she saw that, you know, there wasn't a lot of research being done and that, you know, people with sarcoma don't have, you know, great life expectancy or, or, or great, you know, odds of beating it. Um, so that, that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to, to change it and that, you know, some people will get to know what sarcoma is and hopefully, you know, donate and we'll, we'll be able to fund more research projects and then that will lead to, you know, better treatment options. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you shared that because I do recall learning a lot about Terry Fox. Um, as you mentioned, you know, it is a part of Canadian history. And so yeah. I, I knew he, it was cancer that he died of, but because that name is not so familiar, sarcoma, yeah. that it's really mm-hmm. difficult to remember. A lot of people just say he just died from cancer, where there are different types of cancer. There's lung cancer, there's brain cancer, there's cancer of the blood, the skin, um, and now sir, what you've mentioned, bone cancer. And so just to clarify, the purpose of the charity is to raise um, funds to assist in a research of specifically sarcoma and not just cancer on a broader scale am i correct yeah that's correct and uh i think that because uh you know we we started out um with you know supporting the type of cancer that my sister had um and she wanted to to start there right um and we're not you know a huge national charity that has millions of dollars to allocate the different types of cancer um, everything that we raise um, you know it's hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, we give it to that specific type um, but you know if one day <laughs> we were to become you know a large charity then then you you know you might start exploring different types of cancer but right now we, we find it you know very important to to give everything that you know that we raise uh, to this specific type because you know without our support we're not able to you know to convince other charities uh, to also support this type of uh, research into this type of cancer. I think we just feel that it's, you know, it's we have this sort of important role uh, to play, you know, to, to shed light on something that's rare and that people, you know, tend to overlook or have never heard of. Um, and it's sort of a special role to play. Yes, sarcoma. Sorry, I'm repeating it a lot because, again, mm-hmm. it's not something you hear very often. And so I would yeah. like to remember that the name of this specific cancer so what is your role in the charity yeah my role um, officially I am the president of the foundation this is what is the role that my sister would have played if she was still here um, but I essentially oversee you know everything that's going on uh, within the foundation um, you know, event planning um, fundraising um, giving money to research projects but um, you know in, in reality we we have like a like a board um, a board of directors and we all sort of play like an equal role in in terms of you know how the charity uh, functions you know so it's my parents and I and, and my aunt that essentially you know run the day-to-day stuff of the foundation when there is stuff to do um, and uh, we all sort of get together and, and have this like very even <laughs> conversations not you know it's not as official as it sounds as you know president of the foundation it's it's very much yeah, you know mm-hmm. equal in that sense yeah which all is right. which is nice like there's no there's no hierarchy there's no um, like we're all volunteers right so we we do this on our on our spare time um, and 
games. You know, we we do we uh, we we plan events on an annual basis and at you know specific times of the year. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's very it, it's nice to be able to do so. Uh, you know, on a on a volunteer uh, and very informal basis. Okay, I I do have to ask this question because I am very curious. I did not know you were the president of this um, charity or the foundation itself. How did the role of president, you know, come to you? Was it you who decided that you were going to be the president or was it, you know, the entire family who said, no, you have to be it. Like, how how did this role come along for you? Yeah, it was more of the latter. So I remember when we were assigning roles, I knew that I wanted to be involved. And it didn't matter what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to, to carry on, you know, my sister's legacy. Um, and my parents essentially said, you know, the role of president is it, it's yours. It's what your sister would have wanted. Uh, it, it's a challenge. It's, it, it seems like, you know, high expectations and you have to live up. To, you know to what your your sister would have wanted um and i was you know this is still 10 years ago right so i was a bit younger um so i i saw it as a as a nice a, a nice challenge um, and a nice uh, sort of role and and, and waited that i can you know formally carry on my sister's legacy uh within the community and yeah so that's that's pretty much it but i think uh, <laughs> i like to joke with my parents about this but uh because i'm the president i have uh, i don't have to i i get to do all of this the speeches um so get up in front of everybody you know hundreds of people and 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 welcome them to certain fundraising events and talk about you know the story and what we're doing and whatnot um so that's that's sort of the de facto role of the president um so my parents like to to joke that you know oh i'm the president so i have to do it right (laughs) yes i understand that completely and you know i can understand why your parents felt that you would be the best person to take on this role because of how close you were with your sister and so it just made a bit more sense to have you um who you know is able to live the life that she is not able to live to take on this foundation and to hopefully bring it to new levels on her behalf so i definitely understand where your parents are coming from um with choosing yourself to to do this now who else else is a part of this foundation other than yourself and your parents you mentioned you had a board is that just made up of your family members only yeah right now it's currently just family members so it's my my parents my aunt and i uh but we're actually in the process right now of uh, of adding a couple of members to our board so somebody from the scientific community and uh you know someone else that has maybe a bit more of an impartial uh third party sort of outside view um so that we can sort of make um more informed decision about um you know what types of fundraising we should do what types of uh you know where we should spend our time um you know how should we allocate funds um and and just like general of what what the foundation looks like within the community i think you know as a family run organization we we need that you know family touch to it but i think that we also need um the more you know business and and sort of the outside view of it as well um so that we can you know i evolve in the in the you know best way possible um because as you know like family decisions you know decisions that that affect the foundation is very personal to us and you know it's it's my sister's legacy it's my parents daughter's uh, legacy and it's my aunt's uh, niece's uh, legacy there so it's it, it's very much of a, 
a personal thing. And I think that, it, you know, as we grow and as we become more uh, noticed within the community, I think it's it's important to get, you know, other people involved in it as well. Um, so that's the that's the formal sort of structure of the foundation. Um, but more informally, we have a ton of volunteers that help us uh, with events. So, you know, during the events, we need uh, people to help us, you know, whether it's setting up tables, um, setting up, you know, silent auction prizes or selling tickets uh, during an event. You know, there's a ton of different things that uh, that go into uh, a fundraising event. Um, and that's where these volunteers help us so much. So they're, you know, they're friends of my sisters. They're my friends. They're my parents' friends. Uh, sometimes it's it's family that come to these events and, and help us. So it, you, it's really nice to see that everybody uh, around us in our circle sort of, you know, says whatever you need. Like, I'll be there at the event. I'll, you know, if you need a hand setting something up or tearing it down after, I'm there. And that's, it, it's really nice to see that. And it, it's nice to have that support. Um, and it, it helps, obviously, being everyone being volunteers it helps keep our costs down as well Mm -hmm. um you know as you know some some organizations that put on events they it's it's essentially employee because they're so large they need a ton of people to do this and it takes you know full-time effort um, to you know to plan these events and to go get donors etc etc um whereas us we're on such a smaller scale that we can we can rely on volunteers and it, and it works just fine mm-hmm. i really appreciate that you know there is an option for volunteering and one of the reasons why i say that is that there might be a lot of people out there that might not be able to donate any money but feel that what they can give is their time uh, their ideas and their efforts into helping the movement of of making this foundation uh, a bit more larger or helping it to to get that awareness that it needs so i really appreciate that you have options other than donations if people want to come and and help donate their time like that you know that's great as well exactly and that's such a that's such a good point and we have um i i receive you know emails texts or, or messages you know um at least once or twice a month saying hey you know if you need anything i you know i can you know i, I can take pictures at these events or like i can uh, do some graphic design for you guys or uh you know i can create logos and whatever it may be you know they're just offering their time to help us with something um and you know it's really nice to see that and obviously i wish i could you know <laughs> get everybody involved and, and the the idea is that we you know we can get to a point where we are relying more on on it and that we're you know we're busy with events and we're busy you know doing things in the community that you know we need all of this help um so it's really nice to see and uh, people from you know that do a bunch of different things that have reached out and have helped us and and i know that's something that's going to continue in the future for us because it works you know it works really well it's rewarding for us and it's rewarding uh, for them to be able to donate their time okay uh, you know to my sister's cause yes it's beautiful I, i i like that a lot so how does the charity help the community? Like, what is it that you guys are doing? Because a lot of charities don't necessarily come out and say, this is what they're doing. This is where the money is going. This is how it's truly helping um, the awareness or, or the people that are struggling with this um, certain type of cancer. So yeah. how does this charity actually help the community? Help the community. Um, I, and that's that's such a good point that you bring up. Uh, you know, it's it's important to, 
that we share uh, to our donors, like exactly what we're doing uh, with the money um, that, that we raise. So currently what we do is we raise, you know, money and awareness uh, for sarcoma research. And we do that with uh, researchers at the Ottawa Hospital. Um, more specifically, we've recently been working very closely with uh, Dr. Diallo at the Ottawa Hospital. He does research into uh, different ways to treat sarcoma. Amongst other things, he's a busy man. Uh, his lab is very busy, but he, he does, he's one of the leading uh, researchers in, in sarcoma and has done a lot of work there. So we work very closely with him. And one of the nice things is that when we, we do like a fundraising event, like a wine and cheese or a golf tournament, and we raise, uh, you know, let's say it's ten fifteen thousand dollars then we like I like to share that with our uh, with our supporters saying like, hey, we've raised this amount of money. And this is exactly where it went. It went to the to the Diallo lab, and what they can do is they can buy you know equipment that they can use to uh, you know to, to essentially move the sarcoma research forward, or it, it buys you know supplies or it pays for somebody that uh, a researcher that you know will spend another year looking into it. Um, so that's I like to to be able to do that, and I don't think and, and I think there's a lot of work that we can still do on that front. Um, for example, uh, you know. One of the things that we did do and I want to keep doing is we, we essentially held a, a lab tour. So we invited, you know, everybody that gave uh, to the foundation and came to our events. We invited them out to the auto hospital and, and showed them the lab, essentially, you know, where exactly where their money is going. Wow. And I think that it's just valuable, you know, to, to be able to see like, you know what, I, I help, uh, you know, do this. You know, whether it's a $50 donation or, you know, $100 or, you know, $10, whatever it may be, uh, the, the the monetary impact is is here right before your eyes um, and I want to be able to keep doing that in in different you know different ways but I think that's the future of, of, of giving right like I don't it's I think it's important to take it a step further and say you know here this is what you're helping with right um, so yeah that's that's what we we do and that's what we will definitely keep doing um, so that's on you know on, on the monetary front that's that's what we're doing but um, in, in terms of awareness I think uh, one of the most important things is just talking about sarcoma like you know on this podcast right now uh, some, some people might have never heard the word before some might have heard it before you know weren't too sure but just having some insights into what you know what that looks like for you know for people that are diagnosed um, and you know the fact that it's so rare and so under researched uh, I think is important for for people to know and when they decide to give then they're giving because you know my sister believed that you know there's there's a lot more work to be done in this area and and they believe that as well and you know they give to to the foundation okay thank you for sharing that uh, <laughs> I'm listening to this going wow. There's a lot that I did not know about, especially when it comes to your actual foundation. So to have you kind of breaking that down and giving me a, a run through of, of what you guys actually do that we don't see on the social media front, um, yeah. what you do behind closed doors, that that is that is beautiful. Like, really, I commend you and your family for the hard work that you guys are putting into really pushing the awareness and making sure that everyone 
um, that donates feel that there is a transparency between yourself and the people that are supporting this cause. So I really value that. So (laughs) no problem. Um, I wanted to, before we go into the, the rest of the questions, I really wanted you to kind of tell me who your sister is at this point, you know, you and your sister were quite close. Um, quite close in age at that, and you guys grew up together before her passing. Could you tell us about your sister, Valerie? Yeah, um, I, I mean, how much time do you have? <laughs> I could uh, I could talk about Valerie for, for days, um, but I, I think the, the most special thing about Valerie is that like, she always made you feel uh, important and and loved and you know that you know you were you were some i think that's why as so that i had so many friends and everybody respected her uh so much whether it was her teachers her you know her friends her family uh employers you know everyone was just sort of in awe of, of this uh, this young woman like how hardworking she was and how uh, generous and you know listened to you and and had you know real conversations with you and cared about what you were saying um, and and was just and, and she was also <laughs> um, which was which was nice to have as a as a younger brother. Um, so yeah, I, I was growing up kind of just in awe with with my sister, right? Like it, she's just somebody who is just so incredible and such a you know incredible person to look up to. Uh, growing up, and you know as we as we got older, our relationship got you know stronger and stronger. Uh, she she would come to all of my hockey games, and I would go to her soccer games and ringette games. And we would encourage each other you know through everything and we had you know inside jokes and you know she was you know she was my biggest fan and I was her biggest fan and it was just like really really magical and it's not a relationship that you know everybody gets to experience in their life and um, I, I feel very you know privileged that I had the opportunity to do so um, and so yeah I, I miss her like every day uh, and there's no one I'm not gonna meet anybody like my sister again and I think that's why uh, people sort of are, are still you know to this day um, supporting her her mission and her cause and you know just share stories you know to this day the of you know their time with with Valérie and you know the things that she used to do and talk about and whatnot, um, it's it's really a testament to, to the type of person she was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, she had like really good grades in school. <laughs> she was very good at piano. Like she uh, she was a very talented artist. Uh, you know, I mentioned that she was going to be a, an engineer. She was studying to be an engineer. Um, so like just really smart, but you know, just shared that with uh, with everyone, and it really came out, you know, in such a beautiful way um, that you know, it's just sometimes you're like, is this person even real? You know. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, like just. And she I, was I, I, your I, your older sister, correct? She, yeah, yeah, that's right. She's my older sister, so it was nice to to you know to have somebody to to look up to in that sense, and you know, someone who went through high school and and did really well and got like amazing you know reviews from her teacher and uh, teachers only had really good things to say it set a really good example for me yeah um, and it, it set this bar sort of you know kind of high um, in, in a good way you know mm-hmm. like, like high standards of, of uh, a human being she pushed um, you to excellence basically essentially yeah yeah and I, I, I credit a lot of um, things that I do now um, to my relationship with Benahi like it's um, you know it's I like to ask myself if my sister, you know, would my sister be proud of what I'm, and you know, the way I interact with people and, um, 
you know, I, I sort of always have that at the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and she makes, so she makes me, you know, a better person. And I think that she makes a lot of people, uh, everyone who knew her, a makes better. them, you know, better people as well. And that was the beautiful thing about her. Wonderful. And honestly, you know, we did not go into the actual name itself, but I knew that um, since Valerie, or Valerie, as you'd like to say en français, um, she created the, the foundation. So the name valerie's flutter foundation could you maybe give us a um you know anything about why she chose that name flutter yeah it's sort of a it's not you don't hear that word very often flutter you know and and, um uh that's what sort of makes it special is that a flutter is a, a group of butterflies um so as you know, like a flock of birds, yeah, but it's a flutter of butterflies. Um, and it, I, I think you know, to Valerie, the butterfly symbolized many different things. Um, it, it, it symbolized you know transformation, you know, from caterpillar to the butterfly. Um, it, it symbolized you know freedom, freedom, you know, of being who you are, of expression, and sort of just flo- floating, you know, along in your <laughs> in your own sort of way. Um, and that's really you know who Valerie was. Um, but I think she she was also like she's incredibly smart and she thought of this um when she created the foundation you know a flutter is like a, a group of people a group of butterflies you know moving together sort of towards this common goal and and she saw the foundation as an opportunity to do that to essentially group you know the members of the community everybody um together and and move toward and being able to to support you know cancer research projects and uh that's a, that's exactly what she did um, so you know the word flutter is very <laughs> the, the name is very uh, very apt for uh, for her foundation mm-hmm. i personally love butterflies so yeah. i definitely understood what flutter meant i just wanted yeah. you to say it out loud for anyone that didn't understand um mm. i just symbolize flutter or not flutter but butterflies with with freedom right and so right. she just she sounds like a very free-spirited person she sounds like she lived an intentional life even before she was diagnosed she was very intentional about what she yeah. wanted to do in life what she wanted out of life and she was willing yeah. to work hard at it and give it her all and just you know be excellent and so yeah the name really does symbolize her and who she is just based on what you've you've expressed about her the name is quite fitting for a foundation and yeah. it really symbolizes who she was as an individual before and it's it, it's really interesting to see that you know every every time that i see a butterfly i think of my sister and you know i i get people you know friends family that text me all the time with pictures of a butterfly you know in their garden or like <laughs> um you know a butterfly like on the golf course or something like that and they just send it to me it's like uh you know somebody's visiting me today and you know that it's really you know butterflies mean you know something different to everybody and and, um it's just nice to see that you know every time you see a butterfly it puts a smile on your face right um and you know for people to to associate that with Valérie is just it's it's even more beautiful (laughs) yes exactly so that's kind of the reason why I really wanted to ask as much as I wanted to talk more about the foundation I really felt that it would be it's needed to learn about the woman behind the foundation and why this foundation is so meaningful to a lot of people and can hopefully cross Canada and help educate 
and help those right. that are struggling with with what she went through and so this is really the reason yeah. why i wanted you to just kind of tell me more about her i've never met her before i did see a picture um that you had posted yeah um sometime this yeah. year and i thought oh my god they look so much alike like, are you guys twins <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not twins, <laughs> but uh, definitely, definitely look alike for sure. Oh, hundred percent. Now you don't look yeah. alike because you know you have that Viking beard going on, and I was like, wow, he must have really enjoyed binging Vikings during the COVID <laughs> pandemic. During the pandemic. Like yeah. Pandemic beard. Yeah. But I feel like if you shaved yeah. all of your beard, you and your sister would would definitely look like identical twins almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's just my yeah. opinion maybe other people wouldn't yeah. agree but that's just my opinion so yeah well that's a compliment <laughs> it is a compliment she's a beautiful girl yeah. i mean you look like a girl no i'm not i'm just joking i'm just joking <laughs> um so i have been to your charitable gala and i must say i had a great time everything was perfectly selected the entertainment the food the wine and actually the wine that you guys served at that specific event that i went to is actually one of my favorite marlone after trying it at your event so i just wanted to give nice. you the credit there awesome awesome your, your family <laughs> exactly yeah. i was like yeah. this is the only marlowe italian marlowe that i'll ever drink and it was my first time trying it at your event nice. and i haven't gone back since so while i was at your event you know your family seemed um like genuinely good people I don't know how else to say it. They they were just, their energy was just pure, in my opinion, anyways. I enjoyed myself. The entertainment, honestly, you guys went all out having those. It, it's, it felt like it was a circus. As you yeah, had these yeah. people twirling from the ceiling yeah. down and doing this amazing performance. And so, you know, I kind of wish I was a little bit closer. But at the same time, I kind of like being, you know, where I was because then I got to see the whole show um right. as it is and they were just they were just great so i and uh, with covid what are other ways that people can donate to the charity i know you mentioned your your golf event and your wine and cheese um yeah. is that all you you guys um have going on during covid so during covid we actually just hosted a golf tournament um in, in person obviously so that was our first in-person event in like two years um so it was really nice to be able to reconnect with people and you know see people in person you know and still you know maintain social distancing and and whatnot so that was that was really neat uh, but during covid um I mean, we've had our, you know, our, our very loyal supporters uh, keep donating to the charity, you know, even though we weren't putting on events. Um, so we have sort of had to take like a, um, a different approach, right? Like we, um, we did a, uh, like a virtual escape room night, which was really cool um, in partnership, you know, with a local virtual escape room uh, company and uh, a restaurant a local restaurant a local brewery uh, that you know helped us deliver meals to people's uh, to people's doors you know right before the event started and you know and people got to enjoy that while doing this virtual escape room with their friends and you know raising money for for the charity so that was you know one of the sort of different ways that we had to uh, we had to sort of switch and, 
and keep people involved in that sense. Um, but we, we're also planning, uh, so we do a run as well, so in partnership with uh, the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the, uh, at the Ottawa Hospital, we do a run called the Rattle Me Bones, um, which is a, a run that's been around for, for over 20 years now. Um, and they raise a lot of money and it was more, um, it, it was, you know, just the Ottawa hospital that was putting this on, but we more recently became involved, you know, as, as they wanted to, to switch sort of, you know, where that run was being held and, and, uh, who was running it and whatnot. We sort of stepped in and said, you know, uh, rattle me bones is such a, you know, and they were, they're raising money for, for bone cancer research. And it's like, well, that's exactly what we do as well. So why don't we get involved and, and, uh, sort of partner up and do this. So we've been running that now for, uh, a couple of years and, uh, Obviously, and you know, runs can't happen in person during COVID. Um, it, it would be like a 5K or a 10K uh, run, and we also have a, a jiggle bone run to, to run for the kids, like a 1.5 kilometer loop sort of thing, where kids get to dress up in their Halloween costumes. It's a lot of fun, uh, but we can't do that during COVID. So what we're going to do is we're gonna, you know, plan like a virtual uh, run where people can, you know, can raise money and um, and and keep the you know the rattle me bone spirit alive and. And uh, they can, you know, they can challenge themselves with a 5K or 10K run in the fall. So that's that's something that's going to be upcoming uh, for us in the next couple of months. So it's uh, it's exciting. But yeah, um, other than that, like uh, obviously our, our website is is there and, and open for donations. Um, we we don't necessarily, you know, push that. You know, come to our website and donate us money. Uh, we like to be able to, you know, to get people involved and, you know, do something with them and, and you know, have an opportunity to share our story, uh, you know, in person or virtually, right? So that's uh, that's sort of where we've been focusing our efforts uh, during, during the pandemic. Okay, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I did notice when I visited your website that you also had merch that I, yeah. I didn't see before. <laughs> yeah. So we have uh, we actually have masks that we uh, that we got done um, you know with a with a company that you know gave us a really good deal and they're like you know you, you're raising money for for bone cancer research so you know here are some, here are some masks that you know with the logo on it um, so yeah we we we've been selling masks uh, online we have you know sweaters that say flutter on them uh, we have t-shirts we have bracelets as well that we sell um, so that's you know that's a that's a nice uh, you know sort of other avenue that we can raise money mm-hmm. for and actually um, the bracelets themselves uh, that's kind of you know the the original fundraising idea of the of Bennett Hayes Flutter Foundation so she created the bracelets if you go on our website and you you look at the bracelets uh, there's one there's some for women and some for men um, she designed those essentially herself and you know said that you know that I, this is how I want to start raising money and she she sold them and you know tons of people bought them and we still have them around today so you know we we like to still you know, sell those whenever we can mm-hmm. i really like your t-shirts i was looking at those uh while yeah, i was yeah. on the site and i said you know i i, I kind of like these so yeah, i i yeah. do i do like the merch that i see for sure um i do want to to have you eventually tell us the website but i i will do it towards yeah. the end because okay. um, i good. do have maybe one or two more questions left for you um, does the foundation only orchestrate events in Ottawa? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So right now, um, we our, our events are pretty much just in Ottawa. But, you know, I recently uh, moved to Toronto. So the, the goal is to, uh, is to host some events here and, and um, you know, build a, a bigger network and start raising more awareness uh, in Toronto and, and hopefully put on events here as well. And then with the goal of, of that continuing in other cities. So if I'm looking, you know, five, ten years down the road, um, how, how does Vitamins Flutter Foundation succeed in terms of, you know, raising more and more money? Um, I think it's through the help of the community so we you know we share our story and we share Vadeni's story and, and her mission and what we do and people want to host events you know on their end you know, some people do fundraising events at work um, and you know they have to pick a charity that they want to do it for um, we want to eventually you know be that charity for them um, and, and I think that's a, a really good option to, to have and to expand across Canada is, is essentially you know because it, it my family and I can't do it ourselves uh, just us so we would have to sort of rely on the community uh, to, to host those events and and we're starting to see that uh, you know some people uh, you know do these fundraising events at work like someone did something you know in, in in Montreal and you know raise money there and then you know was able to donate it to us uh, you know and they, they did that for Vanity's Flutter Foundation and then you know slowly you know the story gets shared and and people start sort of clicking and uh, and getting involved and I, I think that's sort of where the foundation is headed all right well the good news is now that you're mentioning that there are options or opportunity for people to uh you know, partner with you with events and, and things like that. I, I am, you know, in the process of planning something for after COVID. So I don't know if that's what, a year or two or three from now. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, so I am yeah. hoping to, to connect with you and, and just, you know, figuring out a way to encompass your charity in that specific event that I, I would like to do and, and hopefully get information out there, make bring awareness and hopefully get some donations so you and i will be talking behind closed doors about that (laughs) once everything is um prepared and ready to go so how does (laughs) wonderful i'm glad you already agreed now that it's on this recording once it's posted everyone knows we have to know you you agreed (laughs) you can't back out um how does the flutter foundation fit into all of this especially when it comes to um cancer research and and the foundation like do you guys connect with other other foundations that specifically um raise funds and awareness for a specific type of cancer is is that something that's that you guys are doing or currently doing or planning on doing in the future yeah it's really interesting to see um you know over the years as i get more involved in the world of cancer research you know how it all works right and, um, and, and and what the role of Eddie's Flutter Foundation is, you know, in this bigger picture of of, uh, of cancer research. And, you know, there there's tons of efforts going on. Like everybody, um, everybody wants cancer to end, right? Like it, everyone has been affected by this um, in one way or another, whether it's, you know, them personally or a friend or a family member. Like I, I don't think you can talk to one person that doesn't know someone that's been affected by cancer. So it's, 
it's really interesting to see how all of these organizations and charities you know, and hospitals and scientists uh, work towards this one common goal of, of, you know, finding better treatment and giving people better life expectancies, you know, that are diagnosed with, with cancer. Um, and I've come to realize that the role right now of Vanity's Flutter Foundation is, you know, we, is not to raise millions and millions of dollars uh, and, and give it to, you know, to, to research. What our role is, is to raise, um, you know, an important amount of money. Like, don't get me wrong, we raise a lot of money um, and, 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 and shed light on sarcoma and this rare type of bone cancer. Um, and what that does is that it, we can then, you know, go to larger um, charities uh, and and tell them, you know, look, we've we've given, let's say, thirty thousand dollars to uh, to a sarcoma research project this year. Would you, you know, would you also like to give money? Because we can't, you know, we can't give you know tons more, but you can. And um, here are the benefits of doing so. And you can, you know, contribute to uh, advancing this very rare type of cancer and getting it, you know, to where the research needs to be. Um, so that's really our role. And 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 we've had uh, some success uh, with that, um, and it, that was for me one of the most rewarding things of you know being able to to run my sister's charity is that you know we've given a lot of money, but we're also able to go get more and convince other charities to that this research project is is important you know enough for them to, to allocate funds to and then it just compounds right like it just makes our impact you know two three times greater uh now that they've uh, also you know a given you know either matched or doubled or whatever it may be uh that amount of money for this research project um and i think like if i'm a donor and I know that, then, you know, I, I would give, you know, a hundred times over because, you know, that that's like my money hard at work in that sense that it, my money is going to get more money <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, convincing everybody sort of to, to work together towards this, uh, towards this goal. So, yes. um, and I, I think like, you know, that's, you, you think of like a small charity, um, you know, it's like, okay, well, they raise, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like what, what impact, you know, in real life can that have? Um, and I'm really proud of everybody at the foundation that we've been able to, you know, to turn that into something really, you know, that's bigger than us. Yes. And I really appreciate everything that you just shared because I, I literally just threw that question at you and we did not have a discussion on it. I don't even think I have, I've included that question for you. So I have to say wow to the way that you responded to it and how transparent you are about what you have been doing when it comes to getting other charities or foundations involved. I I really do like what everything that you've, you've just said. I'm still, I'm still kind of, of blown by it. Um, I do have one last question before we, we end the, the podcast, but who are the major players in the cancer research and, and fundraising community? Yeah, so the, I think on, like on the front lines of that, um, from the perspective of a donor, it's going to be you know, the large charities, right? The Terry Fox Foundation is like one of the most important charities in, in Canada. Um, there's the Can- Canadian Cancer Society as well. Like they, they probably have the most, the biggest impact um, 
you know, not only financially, but like really into people's lives uh, that are going through cancer. Um, they have so many resources, uh, you know, available to patient cancer patients. And, uh, you know, they have a lot of education out there um, and they do a lot of of events and fundraising events so uh, they would be i would think like the, the major players uh in that sense but there's you know it, it takes all these different pieces of the puzzle uh to you know for this to work um and then you know i i look at charities like like that his flutter foundation you know who don't raise the millions of dollars who don't have the millions of supporters um but that that raise you know, awareness and funds for this, you know, specific type of cancer that, you know, in the whole machine of cancer research kind of has been overlooked and under-researched. And that's our role is to come in and say like, hey, no, this, you know, sarcoma is important as well because, you know, my sister has gone through it and was basically told that she has no shot because, you know, there, there's been no research here. Um, and, you know, that's that's the role that we play. And our supporters play the role, you know, of, of supporting us and, and keeping that going um, within this whole machine of, of you know, fundraising and, and, and raising awareness. Um, and then there's, you know, there, there's on the other side of it when we you know, raise the money and give it to research projects. There's, there's the, you know, the research institutes across Canada. Like there's a lot of universities and hospitals have them and are working, you know, academically and scientifically towards, uh, you know, finding a cure for cancer, like the, the general term of finding a cure. Uh, you know, everyone's working towards that uh, in, in, in that sense. But uh, it's, it's really interesting to see the different roles that that uh, you know charities play and or different organizations play, um, and I've I've become very comfortable with you know explaining that to people, saying that like that you know we don't we don't want to necessarily compare ourselves to these large organizations. Like they have a very important role. They're we're on their side. They're on our side. We all are working towards this common goal, um, and we just have different roles to play. And uh, you know that's that's sort of the beauty of it. And you know the, one of the reasons why our supporters support us is because you know we're able to uh, to have that specific type of impact and you know they're able to see exactly where our funds go and they're able you know to come on these lab tours and talk to us like the fans mm-hmm. you know and really connect with a story um and you know that's sort of where they find uh, you, you know the, the the hope and the the reasons for uh giving to a charity Yes, and thank you so much for sharing that. Honestly, I'm still kind of I'm still kind of stuck on all the information that you have provided thus far and even the part where you talked about, you know, hopefully connecting with other cancer charities. I mean, I think breast cancer is one of the biggest one, but connecting with the other ones and and hopefully building on that relationship and totally. allowing yeah. the research and and this cause to be put forward so that people understand that you know it's not just about breast cancer it's great that you're donating tons of money but there are other cancers that could benefit from some money annually just for research um just to create facilities that you know that would assist with people who are about to pass and they they wanted to be to go comfortably you you understand what i mean yeah so there there are so many avenues and so many things that that just even you know twenty thousand fifteen thousand just something something like that could really benefit 
um, an organization such as yourself. So I, I am like sitting here, my brain's going all over the place because I am like, wow, they're doing yeah. so much. And it really, you really don't see all of that yeah. on the front yeah, end. You, right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, we, we very much have the mindset of having the biggest impact with, you know, with what we have and it really, really maximizing that um, to, you know, to its full potential. Uh, and, you know, you have to, you have to do it. Like you have to push and you have to, you know, go and convince other charities to get involved and you have to convince people to donate and you have to, you know, you have to really be an active player in in this world in order, you know, to move things forward and to move cancer research forward uh, yeah. for the people that, you know, are diagnosed with sarcoma. Like, I want, you know, 10 years from now, um, if someone was diagnosed, like a teenager, you know, someone who was my sister's age when they were diagnosed, um, if they get diagnosed with sarcoma, it's very much like, you know, as some, some other type of a very treatable, you know, cancer where they're not scared and they have options mm-hmm. um and you know they have hope i think like that that would be mission accomplished yeah and it's it gives the, the family an opportunity to do a bit more research on it because again if there's not enough research out there for people to to look up or people to contact to get that level of support that they need through that hard time then yeah. it's it's just You're sad home. you you really are and it's even yeah. it's even more alone if you are the one that is diagnosed with it because then yeah. your family is freaking out and they feel like they're they're there with you but you feel even more alone because mm-hmm. they're not it's hurting them to see you in pain it's hurting them that they cannot do anything for you and you're on you know the last few months of your life you're just watching your family break apart yeah that yeah. You that's know, cold yeah and i think that's it's an experience that you know many families have had um you know, you know anybody who's had sarcoma has, has has seen that has felt that um my family certainly has as well you know you just feel lost and you feel like you know there's 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 no options here like what you know what can i do um so you know that's that's what vet wanted is is to have you know a foundation that's working to to change that that's beautiful so how can people find this charity? Yeah, um, you can you can visit our website at uh, Um You can also Google. I, I, I tried Googling uh, just Flutter Foundation the other day to see like where we, we ended up and we're, you know, what the top results. So you can you can search, um, you know, that Andy's Flutter, Flutter Foundation, whatever it may be. You'll find our website, uh, our Facebook account uh, or on Instagram as well um, and so you know we're we're there you can connect with with us for sure um, if you send us a message through like our website or Facebook or wherever it may be I will see that like if that that comes to me um, and uh, you know it'll probably be me who responds um, so you know that's that's one of the nice things too is that we can you know connect with, with supporters like that and how can people follow you because I really want people to see your Viking beard <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I I'm on Twitter. Um, there's a lot of like I'm I'm a lawyer and like apparently the legal community has a very important presence on Twitter, uh, which I'm discovering slowly. So I am on Twitter. Uh, so please follow me there, uh, Eric at Eric Ono. Um, you can also you know link with me on on LinkedIn as well. Like I'm, I'm very uh, just you know 
send me a, a connection or whatever if you want to talk. Um, anything like I, I, I love to hear people's stories of you know in, you know success stories in, in, in cancer and like fundraising and whatever it may be like it's just you know I, I like to connect with people and, and chat about that so yeah uh, yeah anyway any way that, that, that you want for sure for sure well I just looked up while you were talking your Instagram or sorry Twitter page and there's a lot of Eric Ganon, but thank God I actually know you. So yeah. I was able to find you. But I mean, you guys, if you if you are looking to connect with Eric specifically, you can actually go to at support underscore Flutter, which takes you directly to the Valerie Flutter Foundation's Twitter account. And you can actually find him under there if you if you a bit confused um, about and two for one. You can follow the foundation and follow me. So. exactly and so. so you get to really see see what they're about but yeah t- today was a, a very fruitful conversation um i learned well, a thanks lot thanks for having me on <laughs> I, uh, yeah no i, I appreciate the, the opportunity to, to, to talk about the foundation and uh and then uh, you know share the story and, and maybe somebody connected you know with a little bit of that you know with someone who's listening and uh you know maybe we can <laughs> that can you know lead to to you being involved in in the foundation and that would be that would be wonderful so thanks for for giving me this opportunity well thank you for making the time and based on everything that you're saying you guys are pretty busy on top of being a corporate lawyer omg um <laughs> <laughs> so i definitely want to to put the website out there um, it is valeriesflutter.com. So valerieflutter.com. So you go there, you learn more about what this um, charity is about, what they're trying to fund and what they're doing in the community. You can also find out about the events that they have coming up and you can also purchase the merch. Um, if you don't have a lot of funds and you know you don't know how, how you can help, just purchase the merch you're gonna love the t-shirts you're gonna love the sweaters and you're gonna love the bracelets so definitely go out of your way and don't forget the mask you're gonna need that we're still in covid so don't forget to support them as much as you can um link them instagram um twitter i think you guys have a facebook page as well yes we do yeah okay and also on their facebook page it's really easy to search if you just put valerie's flutter it should it should all pop up Mm All right. Perfect. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you so much, Eric. All right. Thank you. All right. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget to click the follow button under TAO Intentions Podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Support all our guests by following their social media pages or visiting their websites. Visit our social media pages for updates on our weekly guesses and our guests on the YouTube channel. Our social media pages are Facebook at The Ambitious Obsession, Instagram and Twitter at The Ambitious Ops. Share your favorite episodes with your family and friends, and I hope you have a splendid day.